cultivated atmosphere unless you have a cultivated ground. And that's the soul. He's talking about the soul. He says, you got to break it up. He can't break it up. We break it up through repentance. That's how you break fallow ground up. You break it up through repentance and confession. Break up your uncultivated ground for it is time to seek the Lord, to inquire for and of Him, and to require His favor till He comes and teaches you righteousness and rains His righteous gift of salvation upon you. So in the glory, that's what happens. All right, I'm going to, now I'm going to get to the scriptures that He gave me because I started meditating on the scriptures that He gave me over there in the conference room and He gave me these first. He said, you teach these out before you give these other scriptures out, because they have to know how to come into my presence. So Isaiah 60, 1 through 5, spiritual version, Arise and shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness over the people. Don't you see that now? When, when, uh, when uh, uh, America has turned away from God to homosexuality, that's deep darkness. Deep darkness. But the Lord will rise up over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons from afar. Your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart will swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles has come to you. When he gave me that scripture, hey, Brooke, there's Brooke. When he gave me that scripture, he said, it's fulfilled in your hearing today. That's what's going to come to pass real soon. With kingdom life. It's in operation. He said he's going to perform it. And, you know, there's certain people that have to be here for him to perform because he performs through people. Amen? So you came in this door today because he knew he needed you to help perform these scriptures. So it's no accident that you're here today. And all he's asking for you to do is be committed now. Be committed. Come. Listen to the teaching. Worship him. Just be committed. Be committed. So he's saying you're going to rise to a new life. How many want a new life? I mean, I, I consider my life pretty good, but I, I was wanting a new life. Because you can get stuck where you are and start looking at things of the world. Amen? There's got to be a constant freshness of life pouring into you. Otherwise, you're bent towards iniquity and things of the world. Isn't that right? So, so God's timing is perfect because our hearts are right. Shine with the glory of the Lord. Nations will come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Kings are business people. Kings are business people and leaders of countries. Your spiritual sons and daughters shall come. There are spiritual sons and daughters out there that are called to kingdom life ministry. And they're coming to your side to be nursed by you. They're going to need revelation. They're going to need love. They're going to need you because they see the glory. They see the glory on your life. They need you. Then your heart will swell with joy because the wealth of the Gentiles has come to you. All right? Did you all get that? Now we're going to go into the real... He, the Lord said to title this, by the way, a royal mandate given. A royal mandate given. Royal means kingly. 
kingly. That means you have authority. Mandate means an official order to do something. So he gave us an official order in that conference room to do this. So it's a kingly mandate. Isaiah 35, 1 through 10. Now, I want you to write this down, verse 1 and 2, because this is the way this thing progresses. Verse 1 and 2, God makes an announcement. This is God making an announcement. So I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be in it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Now, there was a lot in that that I didn't understand. And I had to really go into worship and ask the Holy Spirit to break this down. But before we go to the other scriptures, verse 1 and 2, God's making an announcement. And you, you'll see in these, this verse right here, you'll see shall four times. This is very important. Shall four times. Shall means something expected to happen in the future. So it's something expected to happen in the future. This is what shall means. And verse 3, action. Don't put the verses up. Action. Just write verse 3, action. God speaks first, then we have to do something. We, so this is, this is us in action in verse 3. And then verse 4. We are declaring and making an announcement to the bride. To the bride of Christ. Verse 4. We are making a, an announcement to the bride. And then the, the beautiful thing about this is verse 5 and 10. God performs what he announced in verse 1 and 2. God performs it. And as I break these scriptures down, you're going to find some things in these scriptures. You'll find the bride that has made herself ready. And you'll see the condition. This was powerful. The condition of the bride that has not made herself ready. You'll see your calling as a bride who has made herself ready. And you will see God's reward for making yourself ready. So you're going to see this all through the scriptures. Wilderness in verse 1 and dry land. It says the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. In verse 2 it says the desert. So I want you to write down wilderness Dry land and desert. And it says, the glory of Lebanon. What is Lebanon? What's he talking about? The excellence of Mount Carmel and the plain of Sharon. What does all this mean, Lord? He said, we have three conditions of the bride of Christ in the church right now. That's what these verses are saying. You've got, number one, the wilderness bride. Put that up. The wilderness bride. Number two, the dry bride. Let's put that on the screen. The dry bride. Number three, the desert bride. So we can really judge ourselves if some of us haven't made ourselves ready as the bride of Christ. We can judge ourselves with these scriptures. If you'll put beside the wilderness bride, put beside the wilderness bride uncultivated. That means she's carnal. She's got God in her heart, but got 
the world in her head. She's got God in her heart, but have devils passing through her head. And the dry bride is the exhausted bride. How many of y'all come in here as a bride exhausted? And number three, the, the desert bride is the bride that's devoid of life. That means the life that was in her has been so squished down, she's not in touch with it anymore. That's the conditions. It says we have the bride. We have the bride that, and this is the Lord speaking to me as I wrote all this down. He said, you have the bride that has made herself ready. Through maturity, beauty. Let's look at maturity first. Says, you therefore must be perfect, growing into complete maturity of godliness and mind and character. Mind is an organ. The soul is a function. You gotta keep those separate. Having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity, as your heavenly father is perfect. That's what maturity means. The second one was beauty. She has made herself through beauty. Let's look at Isaiah 28.5. But in that future messianic day, the Lord of hosts shall become a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the converted remnant of his people. So we're taking on the beauty of the Lord. We take on the beauty of the Lord. Isaiah 61.3. And this is still talking about beauty. To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland, or a diadem of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy burden and failing spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, Distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is what beauty means. That you've taken on the beauty of the Lord. Exchange for ashes. Number three. Fertility. She's a fertile bride. Then he told them a parable saying that the land of the rich man was fertile and yielded plentiful. This is a bride. This goes back to the, the signs of a washed bride that the Lord gave me. Uh, it was a bride that had no fear. That was rich with no sorrow and had plentiful to be able to be a blessing. So this kind of correlates with that. This is possible. But the bride of Christ has been deceived. Lee was on the computer over there working on that, what's holding your back book, and, and she said something, and uh, I burped out something, and it was, uh, she was working on rejection, and the Lord spoke and said, rejection is the pawn for deception. Rejection is the pawn deception. Listen, rejection is the worst kind of pain you can endure. I'm telling you. When you got people close to you and they reject you, didn't you feel it pierce? It just pierces. The Bible says it's the worst kind of pain. Jesus went through that ten times worse than we did. But it was the worst kind of pain that he endured was rejection. It wasn't the physical, it was the rejection. So a fully developed bride giving pleasure to the senses. That's what beauty means. It gives pleasure to the senses. That's deep. The beauty of the Lord gives pleasure to the senses. So you got your five senses, right? Don't you feeling? Don't you hearing? Don't you smelling? I smell him all the time. It's a sweet aroma. And what else? Taste him. Taste and see. 
that the Lord is good. So, so a fully developed bride giving pleasure to senses, excellent in quality, and the ability to produce the glory of God. That's what you want to be. That's what I want to be. Amen? The fully developed bride giving pleasure to the senses, excellent in quality, and the ability to produce the glory of God. Can you produce the glory of God? When you walk into a room, does the glory of God show up with you? And how do you know? Because the atmosphere changes, and you're going to have people that love you or people that hate you. Jesus walked in the glory of God. He had people that loved him. He had people that hated him. So that's how you know. Not everybody's going to love you. And we think they would because we're really walking in love. But not everybody wants love. Because they've never experienced the love of a father. Because most of this, this generation we have now, they're fatherless. Even spiritual fathers and natural fathers, they're just fatherless. They never had a true father and a daddy. So this bride is called, listen, you are called to the uncultivated, the exhausted, and exempt of life bride. Isn't that awesome? So now you know what your calling is. Our first calling is not our preaching. Our first calling is to have fellowship with the Son. Our second calling is this, he said. Your preaching is not your calling. God has called me to preach. No, you listen to the devil. God has called you into fellowship with him. You see how deception steps in immediately? God has called me to preach. God has called me to teach. God has called me to prophesy. God has called me to do this. I said, man, you're a deceived mess. God has called us into fellowship with his son. And this is our calling outside of the fellowship with Jesus. Is we are called to the uncultivated, exhausted, devoid of life bride. And listen, just, even if you're lost, you're still a bride. It just hadn't manifested yet. Write down your questions because I'm on a flow. Just write down your questions. And listen, and they shall be glad and rejoicing and blossoming. Let's read the rest of the scriptures on that. Isaiah 35. Let's go to uh, verse 3. Verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble, feeble knees. What that means is, if you don't write, what will be on the screen? I gave him the, the, this to put on the screen. Y'all done a great job, by the way, getting this on such short notice. Weak hands. This is the result of religious works. Let's put the three things up. Weak hands, feeble knees, and tottering knees. Have y'all got that or not? It says, strengthen the weak hands, the firm, and make firm, feeble, and tottering knees. This is what's coming into kingdom life. That you, I mean, you're going to see an abundance of people coming in. The result of religious works is this. Number one, weak hands means lacking power and possession. Lacking power and possession. Don't you hate the devil for putting you in the religious works? If you don't have any possessions, then you've been in religious works. That we're all coming out of that. Number two, feeble knees is weakness. People are so weak, they're being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Number three, tottering knees means unstable. They're not able to stand. This is the results of a religious spirit working through the bride. And write this down. Truth and love. Truth and love strengthens weak hands, 
feeble knees and tottering knees. Truth and love. That's rhema truth, not logos truth. Staying in logos truth invited the religious demon to the bride. Truth and love strengthened weak, weak hands, feeble knees, and tottering knees. So let's go to verse 4. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God, and will come and save you. So you're going to say to that fearful bride, be strong. And God will come with vengeance on the enemy. God has come with vengeance on the enemy in this ministry. I don't know how, it would, just about every day. Because of the devil in our minds. God's bringing vengeance on the devil, not you. God will never bring vengeance on his sons and daughters. It's for the devil. And recompense means this, payment for what was lost. The reward for suffering. I tell the people, listen, if you've lost anything, you have not lost it. The only reason it had to leave your hands because it's gonna, it was going to make you even more miserable if you tried to hold on to the things that God wasn't in. We just got it prematurely. So he takes things from the bride because we got it prematurely without him in it. Because we couldn't wait. But it doesn't go to the hands of the devil. It goes into the hands of God. And that's what recompense means. He brings back what you felt was stolen from you. What you felt you lost. He brings it back. It's a reward for the suffering. It's a reward for the suffering. And it says he will save you. That means he's going to rescue you from demonic power. And that's a religious spirit. This city, I was telling Apostle Maldonado, his mandate is to bring the supernatural power of God to Miami. Our mandate is to bring the supernatural power of God to the bride. <laughs> That's a big difference. Because you can gather a lot of people through the supernatural power. But can you develop 10,000 people? See, God is putting a core, a remnant together here that can develop 10,000 people with few words. With few words. Savannah is bound by religious devils. Here's what's got Savannah. Religion and perversion. Perversion. Perversion is not always sex. You can be perverted in any area and pervert. Taken away from its original state. That's right. Verse 5. Let's look at verse 5. Then... The eyes of the blind shall be open, and ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Look at the progression here. Now, verse 5 is where God begins to do what he said in verse 1 and 2. Right? And you're in the middle. No wonder the devil wants to take you out. Because God can do nothing. Unless you stay in the middle. You've got to take action and speak truth and love to the, the weak, the feeble, and the staggering people. And then you have to, you, after that, you have to declare and decree in their life. And then the rest is up to God. Now, what's beautiful about this, this is going to happen so quickly. I mean, when he said, this is fulfilled in your hearing today, I feel it going up my back again. That means he is going to perform it. One thing that burns me, that just burdens me, is to see the bride of Christ suffering. 
I hate that. And I can, I can get most of the bride out of suffering. The Lord has given me everything she needs. But we were in a pastor's conference. We were being a pastor's conference. And the Lord says, he steps back like a father so that the son can partake of the suffering. So I'm suffering with you. I'm suffering with you. You don't see it on me. My face may not look like your face, but I am suffering on the inside because I'm connected to you. He said, you have to suffer with them. So have mercy. You feel the suffering. You have to fellowship with the suffering so that you can partake of the resurrected life that God is bringing them into. Verse 5, then the eyes of the blind shall be open. How many times do we want blind eyes to open around here? It doesn't happen. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then means at that time. That means it's a now time. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf. Verse 6, let's look at what God is doing here. At that time, the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. At that time. Have you seen the progression? Have you seen what our part is for this to happen? We are in the middle. We are between two worlds. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of Satan. And we're in the middle. And most of the bride is in the in-between zone and don't know how to get out of it. Miserable. These are your answers. So you see the progression. He said in those first, verse 1 and 2, he said, shall... Then he said, to action, which is us, and to speaking, which is us. And then God begins to open. Blind eyes, deaf ears, lame walk, mute shall shout, water gushes forth in the uncultivated bride. Here it is. You can have an uncultivated soul and have the river of God in you. So when you show up with his glory, it should gush out that river and that uncultivated soul. The Lord showed me this years ago. I said, how in the world is all this going to happen? He, he said, because, because when the rivers flow, it has the, the truth of the Spirit and the truth, the Spirit of truth and the truth of the Spirit is what makes the river. So to get an uncultivated soul renewed, you have to have the spirit of truth and the truth of the spirit. And it's coming off your tongue. Boom. She's transformed. You've seen an acceleration here for the most part with a lot of people. But the more all of us come into this, can you imagine how quickly it's going to happen? Lord, show me it's instantly. It's instantly. We've suffered too long. The water, the living river shall burst forth. Uh, let's, go, let's go to verse 7. And the burning sand, which means parched ground, and the pool and the mirage shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of waters, and the jackals haunt of jackals, and the, and the haunt of jackals, and where they lay resting, shall be grass and reeds and rushes. Now, what's beautiful about this, there's a lot in here I didn't understand. So as I, you know, God takes you from revelation to revelation, so you got to go from worship to worship. He takes you, gives you a revelation out of worship, that's all the revelation you're going to get until you go into worship again. So it's progressive that way. So desert bride, void of life, will became, become a pool of water. That means when you open up your mouth, a pool of water is coming out. 
The water is the Holy Spirit. A pool of water is coming out. It says the thirsty ground, that means the soul, bubbling over with springs of living water, where the dogs keep coming back. See, jackals are dogs. Where the dogs keep coming back to the mind to make it sad and upset. That's the haunt of jackals. That's what haunt of jackals means. It's dogs. The Bible speaks of, of uh, evil as dogs. Even though dogs aren't evil, some dogs are evil. Because, because really, demons look for bodies. And they can come in a human being or they can come in an animal. They need a body to express themselves. Haunt of jackals where they lay resting shall be thin grass which grows in wet areas. Can you imagine being wet with God? We talk about being flooded with God. Can you imagine being wet with God? Wouldn't that be awesome? And we have to be wet together. Amen. We are going to be wet together. Because these scriptures today is being fulfilled in your hearing. Isn't that awesome? And Chris isn't here. I hope he's watching it. Look what's happening because you showed up. The mature, beautiful, fertile with the glory of God. Verse 8. This is getting good. Verse 8. And a highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks on the, the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. So I'm going to break this down. Highways are four lanes. This is what the Lord showed me. Highways are four lanes. It's the fastest way to get to your destination. Now, how does that relate to me, though, and you? Two lanes are the receiving lanes. Y'all landing on this? Which is your intellect and your will. And the other two lanes are the giving lanes, which is your emotions and your affections. The Lord said these are the apostolic spiritual highways. The receiving and the giving. Set apart for God. It's an accelerated separation. Scott, you're going to be so separated from the world, it's going to blow your mind. There's an acceleration being released over you because of your obedience coming here. God has seen your pain. He's seen your suffering. He knows you hurt him. But you're that weak, feeble bride. And you've come into this place today. And things have turned for you. There'll be no more sickness in the body. You'll be the old Scott with a new mind. Remember the old Scott? With a new mind, new body. An acceleration of holiness. Which holiness means separated from the world. I hate the devil. I don't want to see my... This, I love this man. And he has suffered greatly since the last time he was in here. The devil's trying to kill him because he has a voice. He has a voice. You are not accountable to nobody but God. You remember that. You're accountable to God. You came out of your mother's womb to preach. And this day, this day, you are answering that call. Because God's going to prove himself. He's going to prove his love to you. And he's going to heal this body. And in that healing, he's saying, I love you. I love you. And you're going to serve him out of that love. He hadn't forgot about you. He's with you. Verse 8, go back to verse 8. A highway shall be there, 
and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. So what he's saying here is there's two types of people that cannot journey on this highway. There's two types of people that cannot get in this acceleration of God. And believe me, you do not want to be one of those people. And here are the two people. The unclean will not journey on this highway. Now the unclean are the ones that have demonic spirits that's keeping them angry, that's keeping them feeling rejected, that's keeping unforgiveness in them, that's keeping shame alive in them, that's keeping rejection alive in them. This is unclean demons passing through the mind, keeping you... Listen, I don't care what journey you're on, you're always going to end up facing God. I don't care what journey you're on, I don't care how many crooked paths you've gone, but you're always going to end up facing God. He's going to keep pulling on you and pulling on you and pulling on you. The unclean cannot pass over into this journey. And the second one is the rebellious. It says the rebellious are not re permitted to pass over it either. And what I've seen in rebellion is rebellion towards leadership and authority. Especially in, in father and sons and father and daughter relationships. And how do you know you're rebellious? Is because you're not honoring. This was a powerful revelation. I had a, a, a date night with my granddaughter. I have date nights with them and buddy nights with my grandson. And I just pour into them. And I get into worship and the Lord gave me an order to be able to teach Kaylee. And um, uh, Krista was upset because she wasn't honoring. Remember in youth, she confessed or gave a testimony that she had suicidal, suicidal thoughts. And, and they came back. So the first verse the Lord gave me, the, the first commandment that the Lord gave us of the Ten Commandments was to honor your father and your mother. By doing this, you live a long life. So I showed her that verse, and I said, by not doing this, you live a short life. And how do you honor your mom and your dad? Through words and action. I said, have you ever bought them something? Like a small gift? That's honor. When you give somebody a gift, that's honor. Have you expressed a wrong attitude? To them that's dishonor you've got to speak to your parents as though they are uh, better than you even though they may not be but you've got to honor them even though they're not worthy to be honored and that's how you do it through words I appreciate you I honor you I thank you and a little gift, my Lord, goes a long way. And that keeps that suicide demon from coming into your soul. And Krista says she's totally changed. All they need is the truth. I think the youth are more hungry for the truth than we are. Amen? So this highway is for God's people exclusively. How do you know you're God's people? You'll do nothing to offend him. Fear is offending him. Anger offends him. Worry offends him. Anxiety offends him. Depression offends him. The devil is so subtle to get you to think that this is common. But it's not in the kingdom of God. It's illegal in the kingdom of God. Verse 9. 
We're finishing up. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. So nothing dangerous or threatening will be in this holy way. Nothing dangerous or threatening to you is going to be in this. It's only for the fully redeemed. Most of the bride, their spirit's redeemed, but their head's not redeemed. Their body's not redeemed. The fully redeemed. You can't have a sick body and walking on this highway. You can't have a messed up mind and get on this highway. Because if you try to do it, remember the four lanes is, is an acceleration. It's going to accelerate what's wrong too. And things really get bad then. When something's out of control, there's an acceleration going on. The rescued bride will return to the church. Let's look at verse 10. The ransom of the Lord shall return and, the, and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Can you imagine having no more sorrow? It's fulfilled in your hearing right now. He's saying the rescued bride will return to the church. The bride's left the church for the most part. You've got a bunch of religious devils sitting in pews now. Right? But the bride's gone home. She's sitting at home. Nowhere to go. But she's going to return to the church, the body of Christ, with singing and with joy. And sorrow and sighing. Sorrow and sighing. Sighing means bored disappointment. <laughs> bored disappointment. Sighing. Sigh means bored disappointment. It says sorrow and bored disappointment will flee at the door. And I've seen this when I first opened up King of Life. The Lord said that when they come through the door, they'll be changed to a beautiful, a mature, beautiful, fertile bride. Isn't that awesome? Wasn't that an awesome revelation? How, you, how the Holy Spirit broke that down to let me see the, the, the bride that has not made herself ready and the bride that has made herself ready. Which one are you? Don't raise your hands, please. Don't raise your hands. <laughs> I want to see the fruit. Yeah, you had to declare it. Questions about this. This was deep, but it has come to pass. It came to pass Tuesday. It's already in operation with God. In other words, he's moving towards you. And for those that don't know how to worship and praise God, you're going to have something to worship and praise Him about. Within five days, I just heard it. He said, within five days, because with me teaching it, it has been fulfilled in your hearing. Oh, Jesus. It's exciting. Five days. Testimony. Healing, healing, provision, five days. Now, awesome, Brenda. Listen, you can have everything in the world and be miserable. <laughs> Listen, you can go from this house to a new house and think everything's going to be great, and you have the same problems, only in a new house. <laughs> You've got to get this thing cultivated. And to cultivate, break up the fallow ground, Hosea said, and I will rain righteousness on it. 
So conf- repentance and confession is breaking that stuff up. I used to be like that. I'd, you know, I'd get tired of something and buy something new and get excitement for two or three days, and then I, would, <laughs> I was back to the same state I was before I got the new thing. But new things are not material. A new thing, he said, behold, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. New things have come. God doesn't start with the physical. He starts with the spirit and the soul. And now new things have come into the soul. What it would be a new thing in the soul? A satisfied soul. <laughs> a satisfied soul. That's a new thing. Where my head's not desiring alcohol or any of these things. It's satisfied. A satisfied soul. That you don't have to go from one relationship to another. That you don't have to live with a man or, or, or live with a woman because you think that's your husband or wife. God will never do that. His signature is not on that. I experienced that and I found out he is not in that. It's amazing how you can spend time with God and still be in deception. Because your spirit is separated from your soul. You can spend time with God, but you have to apply the word to your life. Open it up and see what it says about what you're doing. Because God is in an acceleration now, so is the devil. If you know you're doing wrong, stop it tonight because it's going to get a lot worse. And you think that this person, I don't know why the Lord's on this, whether you're living with a person or a person living with you, it's going to turn into hell. Because there was all, still a little bit of fighting going on, but now it's going to be continual. Get away from it. Get sanctified with God. Get plugged into the ministry. Don't get plugged in church out there. Church will mess you up. You need to get plugged into a true apostolic ministry. I don't know any of them out there. There could be some. I just don't know. But I know this is true. This is true. This will change. And this will love you through the change. Amen. Carrie is a beautiful bride. He's a matured, beautiful, fertile bride. Cultivated bride. (laughs) A cultivated bride. I'm so proud of all y'all because I see what's going on in the spirit. And I don't always come to you and say what I see because it's not my job to do that. That would be religious. When I see things, I just get put on this mindset that I have to suffer with you. Because if I rebuke you, I would cause the suffering to abort and character would not be formed. Obedience would not be formed. Jesus was the perfect man and and had to learn obedience. Can you imagine? He was perfect, but yet he had to learn obedience. So how much more than we? Don't abort suffering. Go through it. Don't stay in it. Because it's just for a set time. Because in your set time, God is finding your purpose. God is going to reveal your purpose in that set time. And nothing supernatural happens in time. But when you find your purpose, God puts you in a season where everything is happening to you supernaturally. It's attracted to you. Praise the Lord. Aren't y'all just ready to get out of here and go get, just go? No. 
I think I'll just teach for another two hours and see who's in the flesh. <laughs> I love Paige. <laughs> Thank God that Paige held on. <laughs> Thank God that she loves her husband. Because <laughs> that's the only reason she stayed. <laughs> said, oh my. No, she didn't love me at the time. But she loves me now. <laughs> We can write a book. We should just write a book on the testimonies of the saints. We have seen some stuff. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we have seen some stuff. Yeah. I've had the testimony. What's holding you back? What's holding you back? Apostle Maldonado was so intrigued with the spot visions. We have something we can offer their church. We could do a conference down there just on spots. And then he's really going to need the supernatural work. In <laughs> That's going to really test the supernatural in operation. <laughs> it's like in here when I taught on the spots, we didn't have but a few people. All hell broke loose. And I couldn't take it. And the Lord shut it down and delivered me from the torment. I said, Lord, you at least taught me how to tell him how to deal with this stuff. You know? But now we know how to deal with it. Truth and love. Truth and love. All right. Any questions before I close? Testimony? Where's the mic? I love testimonies. Hello. I'm so excited.